is Metal Recall, episode 15. My name is Niall Hope, and as ever, I'm joined by Aaron Koskella. How's it going, dude? Going good. Enjoying the new apartment here with the a wonderful view of the rotten apple. Indeed. First time doing this face-to-face for a, for a long time now. Yep. And uh, it's your turn to bring an album to the table, Aaron. So what have you got us listening to this week? The album is A Celebration of Guilt by the band Arsis. It's their... Uh, their freshman uh, album, their first piece, and uh, it's a masterpiece. And is that the, the main reason that you chose it? The How re- did you get into it in the first place? Sure. Um, I actually uh, was turned on to this album, exposed to this album. It was shared to me through uh, our, IT, our IT support uh, at the last company you and I both worked at, John Sargent, mm-hmm. uh, self-proclaimed uh, kind of, I'm not going to say he's uptight and white, but very, very, <laughs> very little on the whole, not wholesome, but just visually really a sweet, nice guy. But the moment he, he mentioned he was into metal, we became, you know, it's just, you know, you become you become close immediately. There's a bond and you start sharing bands and uh, hopefully exposing each other to new 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 things and bands you might not have heard of and he said Arsis Celebration of Guilt it's it's a masterpiece and uh, the rest is history he exposed you to Arses yeah <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's in the name of the band the Arse yeah um, definitely not the type of person that you'd look at and the first thing you'd think would be Metalhead but uh, no but, and that's that's a good thing that's refreshing yep that's, we hope that Sarge is doing well yep um I, I mean, I must admit that I think I recall Sarge actually sort of suggesting this to both of us at the time. Sure. But I, I honestly didn't even, I don't even remember it until you, you told me that you wanted to do it for this podcast. So this was really my first exposure to the band and uh, happy to say that it was a good one. So yeah, yeah I this think, is a good one to review. Yeah, I think I listened to this album for a month or maybe two months straight, just over and over. Nice. So for those not familiar, would you mind giving us just a little bit of a background on Arsis, who they are, where they come from, what their style is? So Arsis is an extreme, an American extreme metal band from Virginia Beach, Virginia, formed in 2000. Uh, They're currently signed to Nuclear Blast Records. Um, But they are... um, Surprisingly enough, it's amazing, uh, at least for this album, they're just two individuals. James Malone does the vocals, the guitars, the bass, and all the songwriting. And then Mike Van Dyne uh, is the drummer. And so, as far as genres go, uh, you know, we always get into the weeds on this one. Uh, I guess Wikipedia and things online definitely reference technical death metal melodic death metal lots of references to thrash um, Mm -hmm. metal Um, I think it's a as far as thrash metal goes it's a thrash metal fans wet dream Um, yeah but um, yeah that's 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 the background Um, and so if anything and we'll get into this later they're really combining a a multitude of genres and styles and for sure um, What's amazing is is through all that, uh, it's still a, a brutal album, but melodic as well. Yeah. So you mentioned um, this album is just two guys. Yeah. One of which is carrying you know three quarters of of the whole piece, and he's he seems like a bit of a virtuoso, James Malone. Right? Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, they they they're both Berkeley music grads, which yep means that they have a certain amount of pedigree, as far as yeah I'm aware. Um, but I think I also read that he had also done a ballet score for a Broadway show. Whoa! So, I, and and there was a, there was a as I was doing my research, I did pick up on the fact that he had quite broad influences, which you referenced with their music, just particularly in in metal like mm-hmm. you said I picked up on loads of thrash um, other sort of death metal influences from in flames to, to death to, to whatever 
but yeah it, it seems i think it definitely comes across in their, their music that they are well versed with what they do yeah and i i i don't know if this is going to come come through right but because of the berkeley uh education there's a certain level of of, of being classically trained and just again it's considered ivy league for music for music school my brother went there and you know they're not messing around they're they're, they're thorough and so there's parts of this album or the whole album just feels it just feels like there's something there's a classically trained almost orchestral element mm -hmm. and a lot of metal can be tied back to these dramatic orchestral you know i mean let's look at some of the the some 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 black metal bands you know they they even Metallica will get a whole orchestra behind the scenes. Arsis doesn't do that on this album, but if you listen closely, you can see how it could translate to just... Oh, big time. There's just so many... There's so much dynamic range. Another another word I like to abuse, but they, they really encapsulate so many... So much range. Yeah, for sure. And I think it, it comes across, certainly, in just the compositions. Like yes, the they, songwriting and compositions. There is a lot of... It's superb. Like you said, the dynamic range is impressive. Like, you know, one of one of my biggest bits of feedback about this album is that it's so varied. Like, it, yeah. it's it's not like it's not one speed for the entire thing. And I think that, to your point, I think a lot of the training does come through. Like, they're clearly yeah. well trained with what they do. So, a celebration of guilt. This was their first their, yeah. their debut release. Um, and it came out in 2004, which right. is a year that we've been to a couple of times already. Um, but for those that haven't heard those episodes, let's do a quick rundown of things that were going on in the year and some releases that stood out. So 2004 will always be known uh, in the, the metal community as the year that sadly Dimebag Daryl was shot and killed on stage, um, and that's you know the the main the main sort of event from that year. Um, but as I mentioned before, we we've been back to this this year um, on a couple of occasions. Firstly, to review In Flames soundtrack to Your Escape, which came out that year, um, and we also returned to to discuss Hecate Enthroned Redimus. From the same year as well and a couple of other notable releases um that stood out to me and we've talked about before um were the debut album by alter bridge one day remains i think i've opened up to being a fan of, of those guys before um fate of norns by amon amarth came out that year i thought you might have circled this one so i'll i'll bring it up the wretched spawn by cannibal corpse i did um <laughs> Damage Plan released their their only album, Newfound Power. As a you know, as we we've mentioned before, unfortunately, it would be um, the only album they would ever release. Um, the Dillinger Escape Plan released Miss Machine. A couple of bands that uh, old thrash bands that I'm a big fan of. Exodus released Tempo of the Damned. Megadeth released The System Has Failed. And then there was a number of albums that would go on to be kind of part of that new wave of american heavy metal scene that were big releases from this year gone forever by god forbid the end of heartache by Killswitch engage and ashes of the wake by lamb of god three fantastic albums there and a couple of other albums that um sort of stood out to me leviathan by mastodon and fistful of hate by propane um, another band that we've reviewed before is there any on the list that that, that you can recall from from back in the day, uh, no, I think you you, you circled all that you you covered the, all the ones I circled, right down to propane. <laughs> Can't miss them all. So, you know what we we normally like to do is is take a look at the uh, reviews and how the album was received at the time. And I think when we've both done our research, we've we've pretty much come across the same things that this was largely positive um i uh i noticed that it got a nine out of ten on metal storm 
I saw a couple of 100% and 90% reviews on metalarchives.com mm-hmm. and also a 4.5 on Sputnik Music. So fairly, fairly positive um, praise there. Um, what I wanted to uh, read a few quotes out from actually though is a an article that I found on a blog called Invisible Oranges. And it was a, an article that was released in 2014 and it was a retrospective um, about you know the 10 years since so uh, a celebration of guilt turns 10 was the article title and it was written by a uh, an author called greg Majewski. and um before i get on to that invisible oranges this is interesting because i went on the blog i'd never heard of it before yeah what does that mean um the term invisible oranges apparently describes the clutching gesture you make when the mighty force of metal flows through you <laughs> So I just want to, maybe we just want to try it now. You can see it. Yeah, it's like we got horns up, and then we got invisible oranges. I've never been at a gig, and somebody said, "Get those invisible oranges out." That's fucking genius. That's great. (laughs) Anyway, so we're off to. um, I'm embracing that one. Yeah, same here. So we're off to a good start with this blog, Um, but you know this 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 article reads as as a love letter to the album, as as I, I mentioned already the reviews were largely largely positive across oh, yeah. the board um i even saw one that was 11 out of 10 wow yeah yeah it's 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 definitely you know when you when you go over the reviews it obviously it came out at a time and this article touches on it where the scene wasn't necessarily thriving for for these guys and they came out and they blew everybody out the water and and set a very high standard for for other bands as well as themselves. Yep. Um, but I'll just read you out a few quotes from this article. It's really interesting. So there's reference here to the death metal landscape in 2004 was bleaker than a Dan Seagrave album cover. Um, and he, he goes on to say death metal needed a savior. It just never expected it to come in the form of a lyricist slash guitarist informed by equal parts Depeche Mode and Dissection and a drummer with a, a, a penchant for practicing blast beats between his jazz coursework. Whoa! So um, Depeche Mode to Dissection. That's I, impressive. I mean, I think that's kind of what we talked about before in the fact that these guys are well-versed. There's a lot of influences. That Just they, as musicians. Yeah. And and they're, they're, and the fact that they're talking about... Because I, I think I went... I love uh, both of those bands. Yeah, I mean, like the you can I think you can tell that comes through in in the writing because there is I was quite surprised when I was listening to the album I was going through the lyrics to find that it was quite um, personal oh, and, yeah. and emotional you know I, I, like my um, my limited exposure to to uh, to death metal normally leads you down an avenue of some just really dark shit yeah you know and this was this was more like i said emotional personal mm-hmm. um you know just a little bit more um sophisticated shall we say than some other bands at the time sure um there's a there's another there's another great uh, great quote within this article um and it says the duo merged fully formed with a celebration of guilt in hand like a rookie athlete who catches the sport with its collective pants around its knock-kneed ankles, <laughs> blowing past the remaining vets still pulling on their gear. Wow. So, yeah, you know... That's that's genius. That's good writing. It's, it's really interesting to read this article, actually, now. And, you know, we always talk about this, like, the context. Listening yeah. to the album, trying to imagine the context. And, and, and obviously, what this article is basically telling us is that when this came out, there was nothing really like it going on at the time. Sure. <clears throat> and then, as as I sort of mentioned with that sort of Depeche Mode reference, he goes on to say Malone, as in James Malone's intimate, literal and literate lyrics aren't surprising in hindsight. After all, this is the same guy who, after making public his struggles with anorexia in 2010, uh, mm. yeah, 2010 titled the fourth artist album Starved for the Devil. Devil. So, again, you know, we're talking about how emotional, how, how much emotional weight some of the lyrics um, carry. He's obviously somebody who's not kind of trying to put on a front and, and speak, 
you know, go down all of the, the metal tropes. He said sure. he wanted to open himself up to something a little bit more personal, which definitely comes through on this album. Yeah, authentic. So the obviously the uh, the review, very positive, or the sort of um, the retrospective review is very positive, but it, it sort of ends, it ends this way. Um, while artists' contemporaries were whipping up bowls of noodly look-at-me riff salad, Malone and Van Dyne were slapping a few steaks on the grill and serving them with a baked potato and a balsamic <laughs> reduction. <laughs> Gourmet, but it'll stick to your ribs. Wow. That's one of the best... That's that's definitely a love letter. Yeah, Fantastic. yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it's... Um, you know, it really he, came across to me when I was when I was going over all of these reviews, just kind of how groundbreaking this album was at the time. Yeah, I've, uh, I'm, I'm actually kind of glad we're just jumping into the uh, reviews first because I, I'm going to follow up with some of my own if, if, if you're good. Absolutely, mate. Because um, that, that definitely wins, so I'm glad we got that out of the way. That that's You nailed it. That's a love letter. I went on to the um, you know, internet and I, I was on Encyclopedia Metallum. Mm-hmm. And they have um, both professional reviews and personal reviews, and I'll just blow through some of these. Highly demanding musicianship that pays off. They give it a hundred percent reading. Mm-hmm. They call it the magnum opus. That's what this album really is. Uh, another review: elegant and perverse, but they give it ninety percent. Um, this album changed my life. They give it a hundred percent. Wow. Um, the quintessential extreme metal album gives it ninety nine percent. And then some of the reviews from actual um, metal websites. We got Last Rites. Um, this will echo what you just, what the love letter said. Uh, Alex DeMoller of Last Rites. Arses have managed to shame 10 years of metal with but one release. For I can honestly say that a celebration of guilt is a testament of musical excellence, a work of new age usurpers, Teeming with violent majesty and intellect. Yeah. And then Metal Storm. This one's a little silly. Someone at Metal Storm says, Damn, this came out of the blue and trampled me in a split second. The hit was so hard that I have troubles remember- remembering my girlfriend's name. <laughs> what, what the hell is it? <laughs> and then, you know, there's always, there's always a dissenter. There's always somebody. And so... Um, Again, on the Encyclopedia Metallum, the Metal Archives, a gentleman um, under the, the, the name Cheeses Priced, um, back mm-hmm. in December of 2004, he says, quote, they, ha- they have, quote, arse right in their name. <laughs> and he gives it only 52%. And so his argument is that... They've basically, I'll just read it. On the one hand, times have changed, and on the other hand, the more things change, the more they stay the same. And since neither metal bands nor their fans seem eager to give up entirely on tradition, older styles of metal keep getting fresh coats of paint. Had this album been released 15 years, 15 years or so ago with the different singers, slower drums, and without all the guitar squeals and tremolo, it probably wouldn't have, would have been labeled thrash or just heavy metal without much of a second thought. If it had higher-pitched vocals, backing keys, and the band wore dopey makeup and sang songs about the devil, we'd call it melodic black metal. As it stands, the vocals are mid-range growls, tremolo is present, but used sparingly. The drums are fast, but not outright blasting, and so so melodic death metal it is. Um, I think, I think what the guy was basically getting to, and I'm trying to find it, is that he basically th- says in his opinion, that Arsis has encapsulated 10 years of Swedish death metal and basically copied all of those Swedish death metal albums and made a masterpiece of their own by copying everyone else, which... Yeah, I mean, I, that, that influence is clearly there. The, correct. But, but to, to shame the album because of that is completely so. discounting... But I, I don't think that it... I don't think that it is... I mean, I can hear elements of of that kind of that scene at the gates in flames. You can hear that, but there are there's a lot of other stuff in there as so well. So much other stuff, yes. I mean, so. 
It, it's, it's funny, isn't it? Because, you know, the reviews tell you one thing, which is, yes, whilst it was familiar, there wasn't many people that were doing this. Right. This well at that stage. And Two guys on their first album, every yeah. song. And, you know, some people are taking it and saying, absolute masterpiece, and some people are taking it and not really knowing how to interpret it. So, yeah. That last review kind of speaks to that a little bit, I think. There's always somebody. Yeah, for sure. Before we kind of get into on our feelings of the, the album, let's, um, let's talk about the album artwork sure. quickly. So the, um, we, we, had a, we had a discussion before we came on here. Which version of the album artwork are we looking at here? Because there's, there's two versions. Um, one for the reissue and one which we believe to be the, uh, the original which is a more singular focused illustration, whereas the, the, um, would you describe the reissue as being almost a little bit more like a pattern work kind of repeat? Yeah, like I'd a say, sort of yeah. Animal skull, yeah. the horns and stuff. Um, the illustration is done by Mark Riddick. Um, and I'm, I'm new to Mark Riddick. He's obviously somebody who is very established within, within this scene. Um, if you go on his website, he called, he says it, it's it's titled "The Art of Matt Riddick: Underground Death Metal Illustration Since 1991." So he's got a lot of um, he's got a lot of credibility within this kind of uh, scene. He's worked for bands like Amonomath, Arch Enemy, um, Dying Fetus, Exodus, Gate Creeper, Morbid Angel. Uh, Revocation, Rotting Christ, Skeletal Remains, Black Dahlia Murder, Thy Art is Murder, Warbringer. Basically everyone. Obviously <laughs> artists. Yeah, exactly. But he's also done some work with Justin Bieber, Rihanna, and Pusha T. So, oh, he's got range. As well as um, his talent is on his website, his talent has also been solicited by other media outlets such as television. He worked on Metalocalypse oh, yeah. for Adult Swim. He's also worked on Law and Order, so I'm not really sure what he did there. But um, he's he's got a very interesting style, as we've we've both seen from his from his Instagram account, um, Riddick Art, which everybody who's listening should definitely go check this guy out if you don't already know him. But he's got a really intricate uh, black and white style, um, certainly with some of the stuff on his Instagram. So definitely worth checking out. But in terms of the um, the artwork, Aaron. We're gonna go with the more singular focused one that has the the logo in the center at the top. How are you feeling about this piece? Uh, I think it's 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 quintessential metal. It's it's the logos. You know, it's got that that metal that this, that symmetrical element. Um, the the pen and ink detail is insane. Uh, the color fill is is, is giving it a lot of texture and detail and uh it looks pretty damn scary yeah for sure um it's definitely got one of those very you know it's i wouldn't say this was like the um the quintessential death metal kind of logo it feels more akin to contemporary more of the sort of metalcore genre yes lots of filigree you you mentioned the the symmetrical nature in it right it's definitely inherited some of the legibility issues that yes. all of the, the, de- <laughs> the death metal um the death metal bands uh, had back in the, or the black metal bands had back in the day um you know personally i think looking at the two the two pieces between the the reissue and the original artwork i tend to think that i prefer the reissue oh yeah it's just it's got a lot more texture it um it feels like a more uh finished piece i think and one thing that you know slightly takes the edge off for me is the sort of black space at the top just doesn't feel as sort of integrated i prefer the the completely full bleed version of the the reissue personally yeah and i also like i like that he used the 
it's a better use of color on the on the reissue and then mm-hmm. uh something that i think is evoked in the new cover the reissue is um there's there's it's it's leaning a little more towards the hr uh geiger yeah geiger it's definitely got that kind of vibe, hasn't it? It's more the kind of something out of Aliens, like the wall, like the moving wall in Aliens, where there's creatures crawling around. And if anything, uh, the centerpiece just is completely smashed and destroyed. It looks mm-hmm. like it almost looks like a mistake, but it's disturbing. But it's got that, you know, the the H.R. Geiger reference is interesting because yeah. it's kind of got that repeat pattern but it's yeah. like that uh what do they call it like biomechanics exactly yeah it's, it's, it's got a little bit of that the um the original piece though it's obviously building from the very similar place um what do you think it is that we're actually looking at here i don't know i mean again going back to hr geiger it's 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 not mechanical but it's got the bio part the biology the the skulls and the lots of animal skulls lots of horns i don't know what demons dragons but then the i guess the most disturbing part is what looks like a human rib cage mm-hmm. with um with spikes going with the spikes it. going through it so did you notice um, that the um the the animal heads to the the right and left are all they've got ear piercings as well yeah. <laughs> the bones are pierced yeah it's wild i mean it's any way you look at it, it's a bit of a fucked up piece. Yeah, um, which yeah, is, it, it does the job. I guess the other thing I'll, I'll point out for, for, for our listeners, so the original, the eyes are just blank and white, but if you look at the, the reissue, you can kind of make out an actual retina or iris which on the, on the left-hand side, yeah. and it's just kind of watching you. Yeah. And I it's mean, creepy. They, it's extra creepy. They definitely updated that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, so what are you saying out of 10? We're just going to go for the uh, the original piece. Oh, the original? I'm going to give that a um, seven, seven and a half. Yeah, I think I'll go seven too. Just I think that the the reissue is better. There's not much not to like about the uh, the original piece. And, um, you know, the guy's, the guy's style is fantastic. And it does remind me a little bit of um the illustrator who did the trap them yeah definitely that kind of highly like, detailed yeah the, the pen and ink style as you mentioned very very detailed very impressive so now that we kind of got all of the the background out of the way i think let's kind of get into into our own impressions of the album and I'm going to come to you first, mate, and uh, if you can sort of kick us off and just give us, like, um, I guess an overall sort of your perspective on the album and and whether sort of listening to it this time around was just as impressive or not from the first time you listened to it. Absolutely. Um, this this was reflected in a lot of the reviews, so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna reference some of that on my own here as well about the fact that. From 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 the from the very beginning of this album, and it's actually, I think, uh, and we'll get into this later. The the face of my innocence from the first track, uh, this album kicks off. You you have an immediate aha moment of like, whoa, mm-hmm. uh, these guys are really bringing everything to the table, and that doesn't stop until the end of the album. So this is another one that is just absolutely brilliant from start to finish uh you're getting brilliant songwriting you're getting a variety of different melodies you're getting two guys mainly i mean let's let's put it this way if james malone wrote all the songs he couldn't have anyone better uh to back him up on the drums yeah um but what you get is amazing craftsmanship with the songwriting you get amazing musicianship you get uh production top top-notch production that's not overproduced you get you just get i think this this album is like a kid in a candy store for mm-hmm. me for 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 any metalhead this is just giving you 11 tracks of just 
everything you could ever want in a metal song and a metal album and you just I, I immediately wanted to start it over uh, as soon as it ended and I did for I think the first month and a half two months that I had this album so it's just it's relentless it's got good pace it's spread spread uh, all the techniques are spread out very well yeah um, Again, the drummer complements everything that, that James Malone has written. I guess the only critique that I did here and I will agree with is he does do the bass, but you don't really hear much of the bass in this album at all. Yeah. Because there's so much, it's so thrash heavy, it's so guitar solo heavy. Um, and you're just, again, I go back to the metaphor of sounding orchestral, you know. I know there's not timpani drums or violins, but your ears are being pulled in all sorts of directions, both vocally, drumming-wise, the, the fills, the crashes, ride cymbal. Like, there's just so much going on, yeah. and they never really let you rest. And even when you have a moment to rest, it's still just a masterpiece. Yeah, I think that's a really good way to... That's my first, my first uh, note that I had was... A technical masterpiece. Technical, yeah. It's um, I I think in like I think it's a good call about the bass. It wasn't something that really stood out to me, but now, kind of thinking about it, you know, there's there's not many moments I would say that the bass is prominent, allowed to, allowed to shine or, yeah. or prominent, and you do kind of wonder often. The I think we talked we talked about this when. Um, we were reviewing Black Label Society. When you have such a talented musician, you do have to wonder whether what they bring to the table could be enhanced by having some other people there. Yeah, well said. To, to help them out. But, you know, that aside... It's it, so good in this case, I don't think I it's don't, necessary. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's clearly the guy... It's such a, yeah, unique... You know, both guys are incredibly talented. Uh, James Malone is... In particular, you know, because he plays so much of this album, you know, it's a real, it's a real tour de force from him. I, th I think, you know, things that stand out to me overall, I think just the guitar work is is stellar throughout. Whether it's um, rhythm playing, I think there's so many good riffs. There are memorable hooks, oh, hooks, th riffs throughout the entire just, yeah. album. The, every every track has at least one hook, one riff, something that you remember. Um, the lead the lead work on the album is is really tight and, and really nice as well, and it's it's done. Um, I think uh, it's it's done in a in a tasteful and efficient way. It's not like yeah, tasteful. Yeah, this what what I like about this album is. This guy's clearly talented. We've said that a number of times, but nothing he does or puts down in on this album is gratuitous. Yeah, you know, it's not showing off. Like I just think the and I, I, we we talked about this as well. Like there are so many twists and turns and and dynamics within the songwriting, so many tempo changes. And it all knits together so well. I don't really ever find it jarring when we sort of go off in a different direction. And, and the, you can you tell know. he's using restraint. Yeah, for sure. To a degree. He, and, and, and according to some reviews I've read, that's why this album is so good compared to everything else they've ever done. Because mm -hmm. they've, they've actually become more gratuitous, more technical. And I'm not saying they're showing off, but just as far as songwriting goes, when you're that talented... Um, it's yeah, it's it's a hard line to walk. I guess I guess echoing the feedback online, that's again that's why this album's so good. There's a certain amount of restraint, and I think they just apparently I've listened to some of the other albums. They just kind of let themselves go. Yeah, and uh, it just like you said, it doesn't sound as polished and refined. And um, yeah, I think that's an interesting point because I was going to ask you whether. Did they set the bar so high for themselves with this with this release that they because by all accounts or by the majority of accounts they didn't seem to hit these heights 
after they've released this album no and i would i would say i would say yes to that question i think they did uh, you know that's not a bad thing no nope. uh but but as, as i mentioned i have not only did this album hit me like a tidal wave when i when i finally took the time to listen to the rest of their catalog because uh, i've done that a few times where I would, i'll just go to spotify and play all arsa songs from all the other albums because they have an extensive catalog yeah it didn't move me the same way no did you did you try it the other albums not really they're not they're not bad they're just it's it's almost like night and day it's just not the same and i don't know i don't know what the magic formula was or what you know i mean i'd love to go in and and i think you know post this review i'll definitely go in and check out more of what they've what they were up to since this but i've been solely focused on this album um i mean i i guess we could speculate but going back to again what people the resounding uh talk talking point of no one else was doing this and they just came out of nowhere and so again that's why you had ashes of the wake popping up you had leviathan from Mm -hmm. mastodon pop up that's why you have a celebration of guilt popping up and so to, to, you know, to capture the lightning in the bottle again is yeah. almost... It's a good point. Some bands are better than others at doing that. Oh, yeah, and then a lot of other bands would have come along, you know, picking up the picking up the torch and, and running with it. And then, yeah, I think the context is important in terms of what it meant when it came out and yes. maybe why they weren't ever able to... I mean, the, the album is thoroughly fantastic from start to finish um one thing that i definitely wanted to touch on as well i forgot how thrashy it was yeah i mean i, I think the, f- the first time the first time you mentioned this to me and I, I i listened to the first four tracks i think after you sent me the message uh-huh. and i you know we you know the next time i saw you i was like i just i heard so many different types of influences uh-huh. you know i'm not as well versed in this style of music so the things that came through to me were i could hear that gothenburg sound i could hear in flames i could hear the old school thrash a lot of people on reviews that i read called that megadeth but i testament maybe testament for sure yeah you know know, formation of damnation yes but i mean for sure they they definitely sound like a testament post the slight death phase that they yeah kind of went into there's one particular track every song's a gift every song on this album is just like the perfect metal song you're like yeah nailed it the i mean we uh, whilst we're talking about testament there is one like one of my one of my highlights overall of this album is you know me i'm a riffs guy so yeah. i just there are so many on this album and the i think the fourth track uh called return mm-hmm. has the main riffs just to me are just they could be testament What I did want to touch on is um, the the melodic sensibility that runs throughout the album. Yeah, and I don't mean melodic in a clean vocal kind right. of way. I just mean there's like, a melodic rhythm. Yeah, behind the scenes on all these songs, it's it's it's, it's fantastic, and it, it really is like a true highlight. I think in this album because you know I'm always fascinated by bands that can be heavy and dark yeah. yes. but at the same time can balance that out with this, this album does that and i you know I've, I've got it down that one of my favorite parts on the whole album is actually the um the chorus to to holy night i believe ah yeah and um it has one of my favorite it's definitely one of my favorite melodic parts and it's just like the guitar line that's that's um, in the background, but the the lyrics over the top are a wielder of sickness marching on, a flame in the name of the blackest dawn. Hear my call, your fate, my curse shall befall. 
We should probably touch on the lyrical content. Yeah, I get some notes a little bit while we go through it because you know we we kind of mentioned this before, but this isn't. And for me, you know, this you know, as, as my um, for my understanding of the genre, maybe not as you know as uh, as in depth as yours, but there are so many different so many different themes that I picked up on in this album oh, yeah. it wasn't just like grim shit from start to finish like everything has like everything has a very dark sure a dark bleak undertone undertone but there but again there's a, a wide range of, of of topics yeah I mean I've, I've got I've got a list here of um, yeah you've got you've got a better list than me but I you know love and loss yep Obviously, death. You're not. You're not going to find a metal album out there that doesn't touch on that. There's a real religious element mm-hmm. to some of the tracks, and I wanted to talk to you about that actually because the the way that he writes his lyrics are, you know, we've talked about this a number of times. I think the guy, one of the the articles that I read out, the guy who was reviewing the the ten year anniversary of it, said that. Um, he wrote literal lyrics and i think sometimes that's true for a lot of the time i think it's like quite the opposite yeah i, I would i would argue to, oh yeah it reminded me of when we we did um silosis yep and yeah the so, lyrical st- it sounds really clever yeah you know like the, and, and i think i, I think james wrote, malone writes better than silosis yeah i agree it's very sophisticated not just the way it's written but what he's writing about as well um and obviously the the title of the album a celebration of guilt i think that permeates quite a lot i mean i'm a, a gojira fanboy yeah. there's there's that song the gift of guilt, gift of guilt. they only play yeah. that as an encore yeah that's a great song um so while we're talking we're sort of t- talking about that this is this is a lyric that comes from the second track, Madden in Disdain, which I think is this is like a, his cadence on that song is so oh it's it's amazing. But like the the first two tracks got that I, galloping beat. They yeah. compare it to uh, online. They're comparing it to Iron Maiden. It's a very galloping I, I sound. Heard, I heard that. Yeah, I, was, I didn't. Do you know? The, you know the like, just quickly jump back to my riffs chat. Madden in Disdain possibly has my favorite, maybe, um, I don't know, one of my favorite riffs on the album. But to me, it doesn't sound like, I didn't think Maiden when I heard it. I thought almost like it's a galloping a monomath kind of, oh, it yeah. almost felt like a battle metal yeah. sort of yeah, riff. Yeah, yeah. And it, it, like the whole the whole song gravitates around that riff, but mm-hmm. I mean, you mentioned this before. Like the the album comes out of the comes out of the gate with uh, the face of the face of innocence, mm-hmm. and I mean, what a hell of a way to start the album. But the first two tracks was clearly a theme of having loved and and then lost. And I really like this lyric from Madden in Disdain. Feel the fervor growing, but the hate is stronger. My heart was whole with you, but the pain was mine. Come twisted flowers, come blistered soul, torturing disdain, and the wholeness that is only found in you. So it's like, it's both beautiful and dark yeah. at the same time. And I, I think come it's... Twisted flowers. I think it's very hard sometimes for metal bands to do a song about those themes and not kind of come off as like, cheesy or teenage kind of angsty yeah. you know what I mean I yeah. think that the way that the first two tracks are written are, are pretty impressive yeah you manage yeah every, everything it succeeds because everything comes together his brilliant songwriting his his vocal style and cadence 
allows him to get away with talking about flowers. <laughs> Twist, but, twisted but, flowers. But you throw the word twisted in there, it's brilliant. Yeah. All of a sudden, those flowers ain't so pretty anymore. Yeah, I got one from Worship Depraved. The chilling chants of the carcass choir, rosaries inverted and strung upon the razor wire. Holy shit! Yeah, I've got, I've got stuff on that. So let me ask you a question. Is that about the crucifix, crucifixion of, of Christ? I'm guessing. I mean, it's called, the song's Worship Depraved, and there's references to the, the stigmata. Yeah. Because one of the lyrics that I've got is, uh, Let Mary sleep forever, yeah. sordid dreams, she must be bound. Once faithful followers scream, set Barabbas free. And, you know, I'm not a, a Bible scholar by any yeah, means. Yeah, I had to Google I'm, that name. I'm uh, familiar with the crucifixion story where Barabbas, who was a notorious thief, is set free by the crowd because they want to see Jesus. Yeah. If you believe it. Right. So, I, you know, I, I picked up on a few of the, um, a few sort of religious things yeah. that happened throughout the album the next song carnal ways to recreate the heart a badge of lust and wrong decisions the cold hands of a cursed religion a false idol to praise and worship and coax these hellish times well I'm glad you brought this up mate because I wanted to talk about this song because number one it's got an awesome riff in the chorus which I love but when I read the lyrics I don't know. This 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 one is, I think, the most fucked up one on the album. Cause I carnal ways. Yeah, to me, I, I I read I read reference online to it being almost like stalker poetry. And and, and give I it think to me. It, give I think it to it me. Go, I think it goes darker than that. This is listen to this. I am the one, the fallen bastard son. I'll step inside you. I feel your lips and seize your flesh to penetrate the wound. And your screams shall be dreams of the graceless one's rebirth. So I'm like, you know, that sounds, that doesn't sound too nice to me. No. <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> no, it doesn't. I'm, te- I'm tempted to leave it there, but yeah, I have that's to leave. Yeah, that's some I, serial killer shit. I have to leave you with this. Feel the pain and we know the pain we are cursed with child. I mean. Dude, yeah, it's disturbing. Dude, I don't really want to get into. Yeah. I left my trace, I left my mark. Carnal ways to recreate the heart. some twisted horrible shit um but were you keen on the um i didn't know about this either till i did some research today the uh it wasn't just the um anorexia but uh, alcoholism mm. that's uh um, that's track number 10 looking to nothing and if you if you read the lyrics to that song and think about uh i think i think he repeatedly in the lyrics talks about how he needs it and midway through the song he talks about sipping 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 to the day to hold and sip upon all that has soured yeah I so he's always he's always that song's all about the drink I didn't think that when I read it but why do I look to you yeah he keeps saying I keep coming back to to it yeah now again I, I just think um, it's powerful stuff. It is. It is powerful stuff, and the way that it's written, and and, and again, I think the um, you know one of the one of the big plus points of this album is that I, f- I feel like it's it's obviously varied in its um, in the lyrical content. There are a lot of. I don't know whether this is. I, I try to be objective and, and 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 sort of jot down a few things that I thought weren't as successful from my particular opinion. And one of them was that 
I think we'll get into our favorite tracks and our, our standard tracks in, in, a, in a bit, but whilst I think there are highlight moments within a lot of songs, there are, I found it quite hard to pick a, a favorite song because, I, because I, I think besides one track, there wasn't a standout entire song. There are just like, the, it's a super enjoyable listen. Yeah. But you almost need to listen to the entire album to yes. enjoy it because if you pick a certain song out... And I always do. Out, Every time I listen to this album, I listen to the entire thing. That's why I said that I don't know that it's a bad point. Yeah. Because um, I do think that there are... Um, you know, there are... This, the songwriting is so varied and I, you know, I mentioned lyrically as well as, as, as musically. But sometimes it, it can, I think, lead to a... Um, almost like a couple of tracks sort of blending together a yeah, little bit and that is, in the center. That's definitely some of the album's critique, but I'll just jump ahead here and say that's that's my response to picking a favorite track. I actually was prepared to, to be me. honest and I don't have one. You don't have one? No. And I and I and I, if I have to pick one, it's only because I read enough reviews today and it it might be if I had to pick it would definitely be uh, the face of my innocence, the first song. Like, mm -hmm. like it's just incredible that that's that it's their first album and that's the first song, and it is still everyone's favorite song. Yeah. And then my second runner-up, if I had to pick, but again, I I'm being honest. I really like the entire entire. I like the album in its entirety, but yeah. the second one would be Seven Whispers, Fell Silent. That's where. Nice. That's where, uh, I think. I think it's there's moments where the drummer really stands out. Yeah. And I'm a sucker for that ride symbol and just the like yeah, that's that's a special one as well, but again, the he, whole album. He does not disappoint. I think you know it's worth saying um just recall the guy's name is Van Dyne. Uh, Mike Van Dyne. Mike Van Dyne. He's a past member now. Oh yeah. Oh, I was going to say this. They've they've had a remarkable amount of ex members and yeah. touring slash session members. Yeah, I saw that. Not 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 something that you would find to be too like over a dozen, right? Yeah. <laughs> not too unusual for like almost like a one man kind of project. Yeah. yeah. Um, if it's his show, he's gonna recruit whoever he needs, whatever he needs them. Yeah, for sure. But whilst you know James Malone obviously will win a lot of plaudits, the um, the drummer Mike Van Dyne definitely delivers on this album. And you know it's it's funny that I have almost the exact same, um, I had the exact same response to you when I was thinking of what my favorite track was. I found it very very hard, yeah. and I I came down to um, the face of my innocence as well. Yeah, and the reason the reason why I chose it was just I think it's the most complete song. Yeah, on the album, and I also think if you had to tell somebody what track to listen should to I listen to yeah. by Arsis and, and it sums up this album the first one it would be this one because it has all of the dynamics that permeate the album in one place yep it's technically wonderful um, it's powerful you know it's it's the lyrical content that I'm, I'm more keen on the, the sort of more personal emotional stuff um, there's so many so many good riffs packed into that song yeah. as well. I had to look at it and say, if somebody said to you, all right, I'm just going to listen to one track. What would it be? And yep. that would be the That's one that one. I would have to say. But No brainer. Without a doubt, I was looking forward to this, without a doubt, my favorite moment on the album. Well, hold on. Just, just to okay, the, the, okay, tail, the tail end, the face of my innocence. Not only is that the one, but what's that, what's that called that they do at the end where the song ends and then they hit you with a little blast of a riff like you think the song's over, it ends, and then they repeat 
one of the main hooks and lines. What is that? Do you know what I mean? I thought that was the start of the second song. No. Oh god. If you listen, go back and listen. It's it's from the song. Oh it's, yeah. It's, it's like it's like a reprise, but it's yes, like that's a, a, it's a reprise. That's it. But it's it's not done in the traditional sense where it kind of fades out and fades no, back in. No, the song just, ends and then they surprise you and they come back with yeah with a reprise of. Yeah, I think that's a form, the, I think that's a form, their form of showing off. It's yeah. Like, it's like yeah. Hundred percent. That's some Berkeley College of Music shit right there. Because you know, similar to similar to you, I've pretty much just binged this album, listened to it from start to finish each time. I, I've only gone back and ever so slightly looked at a few things. So I always thought that was the start of the second. No, that's song. the gem. All right, nice. We're gonna we're gonna listen to that after we we, we end this, man. Yeah, for Gotta sure. Hear it. So my favorite that that may be the most complete track and the one track that you would say okay encapsulates this album yeah but my favorite moment on the album is from the sadistic motives behind bereavement letters yes which is a fantastic <laughs> is a fantastic title and and it's has, more or less a letter yeah and has fantastic content yeah listen, just listen <laughs> to this i'm so hor- i'm so sorry to hear of your bitter loss i know my words can only offer but so much comfort to you. Just know that I'm here to ease your lonely sufferings, to fill this time of grieving, and remind you it's your fault. Yeah. <laughs> so amazing. Yeah. So amazing. But honestly, the best part on this album for me, right? There's a breakdown after the first chorus, I think. And um, on which song? On the sadistic yeah. moments, right? We'll listen to this after this as well. This riff starts coming in. You're hearing it. You're thinking this is pretty good. It's pretty juicy. And he just says, "Then came the strangest sound. Yeah, it was as if the whole of heaven came crumbling. Yep, fucking down. Yep. And as he says, fucking down, it just kicks off. And I was just like, I've replayed that part like over and over again. And I just was. I'm just imagining like what it would be like to be in a pit. going to induce logs to hit the back of shorts mate yeah. it's just gonna <laughs> <laughs> it's savage it's savage yeah. but it is it is I, I couldn't put it as my favorite track because i actually think that the face of innocence is a the face of my innocence is a better song but yeah that, that one moment is my favorite moment hands down on yeah the sadistic album. motives gets a little sing-song at the beginning so i kind of play for like na 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 but the that riff, man, it's it's savage. Oh yeah. Um, I, like, would just from from my perspective, and this is just completely down to personal taste. I wish that the the vocal delivery was as varied as a lot of the other elements on the on the album. I wish it was a little bit more dynamic range in the vocals um wow the, that's a that's that's a high demand for such a complex oh, album I, I know and like that's, as I, say, I think he, like, i think he has he does have the range he does have a couple styles yeah maybe two yeah. right yeah i think two there's more of a growly and there's more of a more high-pitched kind of screamy yeah I, I, those aren't the technical terms obviously he's, um, no, he's no cattle decapitation no but the like I said, that's a very, very minor, if I had to give it a minor yeah, yeah. criticism. And that's, and again, that's just personal taste sure. entirely. I'm not crying out for yeah. for melody and, yeah. and clean. I just, uh, I just maybe even craved something just more guttural and like, yeah, I you agree. know, okay. could yeah. really just take it over the Yeah, he, the could, edge, he could get, he could get really deeper and lower and guttural. And yeah. then I think our other only critique was, um, what if there was a talented bass player? Yeah, yeah, for sure. What could what could that bring to the table? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, let's wrap it up with that. And uh, give me your mark 
out of 10. Oh, 10 out of 10. This, 10 this, out of 10. This uh, album is timeless. This album ages well. It's a masterpiece that still sounds as good today as it did, you know, in 2004. And I will absolutely never get tired of it. Simple. I think that's the first time either of us has dropped a 10 out of 10. Unless you dropped one before and I can't remember. No, it's 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 almost ridiculous how effortlessly easy it is to 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 just say that and it's and it's yeah it's just a it's it's a if you're a metalhead this is quintessential you have to you have to own this album you have to like it from start to finish absolute masterpiece and what also makes it special is in my opinion it sounds a little arrogant I don't think the average person, average metalhead even knows about this album because I was that metalhead. Yeah. So now that I know about it, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to keep it to myself, but because um, everyone should listen to this album. No, this is why we do but, what we do, right? Yeah, and, and yeah, and that's why I think we're reviewing it. But 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 if you know about this album, you know. Yeah. And it's perfect. So it's yeah. a, it's an easy it's an easy an easy shout for me to just give it ten out of ten. Nice. Done, done. Um, eight out of ten for me. Um, I think it's, you know, again, I think it's a fantastic listen. Um, there's a, the only reasons why I would sort of drop it down a couple from you is down to personal taste. Yeah. Having reviewed a few other albums a little bit higher, yeah. like Testament. Yeah, like, yeah. I feel like you've always got to put that into context, yeah. but I think um, a real, real, real pleasant surprise this one yeah everything we've said like as it should be and just just riffs that get stuck in your head for days and like i said we'll just we'll listen on repeat to that breakdown yes let's get to it and and (laughs) and just just think about it yeah um awesome stuff um so these guys uh have a little bit more um They've got a little bit more going on for them after this album than we've had with a couple of other releases. Uh-huh. Um, so they had uh, the last... Uh, we wanted to do a little bit of it on the legacy of the album. Obviously, we we read that uh, article about the 10 years, which was a, obviously a love letter to how good it was. But the last set list that I could drag up from the band mm-hmm. was from January 27th, 2019. Um, so That's good the, there going strong over a year ago so they were on the visit uh visitant tour 2019 i think that was their their last their last release they had a really short set list on this album of only six on this this uh, particular gig of only six songs but one of those six and the al- the set closer was the face of my innocence um which is also uh coincidentally the song they played the most yeah. with 82 times well at least from what i can gather from setlist fm they've mm-hmm. probably paid it more than that but yeah. people haven't reported upon it um, and from the same website within the top 10 songs they've played of all time there are four that come from this album there is obviously the face of my innocence there is the sadistic motives behind bereavement letters definitely just to get that breakdown in the pit <laughs> madden in disdain yeah and seven whispers fell silent yep so you know four of the tracks that we've thought were you know had yeah big moments and finally um out of their albums that they've had um which uh i can't remember just how many albums these guys have had but uh there are i think seven or so uh here including a few eps wow a celebration of guilt is the clear standout of of um of the albums in terms of the songs that they played live they played 239 times songs from celebration of guilt and a diamond for disease i think was the follow-up and that was just an ep has had less than half that amount of plays so it's clear to see from everything that we talked about this album was their it's almost their pinnacle in a sad kind of way. Yeah, like it yeah, was, it's, it was yeah. the their, their their biggest and um, still their most popular uh, album 
to date. And if you go onto their Spotify page, the top five most popular tracks, two of them are from this album, The Face of My Innocence and Maddening Disdain. Mm. Hard to know whether that's just because they're the first two tracks on the album. Well, they are benders, so. Yeah. All right. I think that's it, mate. Um, thanks for joining me, for joining me for that. That was a really interesting one to discuss. Indeed. Fantastic. Definitely one that's going to be part of, the, uh, part of my playlist going forward. Yeah, amen. Um, if you guys like what you're hearing, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram. And the email address is metalrecallpodcast at gmail.com. So send any, uh, any feedback, any criticism, any random bullshit our way. And hold on to those invisible oranges. Indeed, yeah. Remember <laughs> that one. Okay, till next time. Thanks, man.